What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore some of the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. I'm Scarlett Fu. And I'm Damien Sassauer. Hey, guess what's coming up? The 39th Annual Breeders' Cup. We talking to the horses that World Champion Horse Racing Series takes place this year, November 4th and 5th, at the Keeneland Racing Course in Lexington, Kentucky. And it's set to be one of the biggest money-moving events of the year. They come together from every corner of the globe. Pursuit of the one reward that sets the special view apart. The title of World Champion. Don't miss racing's ultimate coronation. The Breeders' Cup World Championships at Keeneland. In a world where horse racing is king. Joining us now to give us his perspective on everything about the World Championships is Drew Fleming, President and CEO of the Breeders' Cup. Mr. Fleming, thank you so much for joining us right here on the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show. Absolutely. It's an, it's an honor to be here, and I look forward to talking Breeders' Cup with you guys. Well, let's let's start right there. Uh, the Breeders' Cup. You know, what what is interesting is, and I'm, I know everybody's going to get mad at me, you know, we talk about other horse races, the 100, you know, something, whatever, whatever. This is the 39th Breeders' Cup, which means we've seen all those Breeders' Cups live, and it is growing and growing and growing. Are you surprised by it, or are you saying, hey, we knew this all along? <laughs> well, I mean, it, we've had great success, and I, and I think it's a, a testament to our board and our breeders and nominators from across the globe um, who have supported the Breeders' Cup since its, in, since its inception. And um, Breeders' Cup started in 1984 with seven races worth $10 million in Los Angeles and has grown to the two richest days of racing, 14 races worth $31 million of purses and awards. And for, for those Somewhat unfamiliar with the Breeders' Cup, I always say it's like the perfect marriage between the Super Bowl and track and field in the, in the Olympics. <laughs> and the, the Super Bowl, it, it always decides who's, who's the best um, football team in the, in the world. And um, like track and field for the Olympics, we have 14 different divisions where we have young and old horses, male and female, turf and dirt, and short and long distances. And, and those combinations make up our 14 um, championship races and will determine in very short order who the best horses are in their specific divisions. So, Drew, my question for you is, what is the crowd like in Lexington right now? I mean, are we talking, you know, sheiks from the Middle East to European aristocracy? I mean, what's the vibe like in this post-COVID environment? Well, I think so the, the world is coming to Lexington, Kentucky in short order. And what, another, what a better place to have it than Keeneland, which is just iconic. It's our Augusta National. I think it's one of the prettiest places on earth um, with the stone and the ivy. And, and Lexington is just rich in, in horse racing. It's, it's the horse capital. 
capital of the world. I think the moment you get off the plane in Lexington, you smell horse racing in the air. And you go to restaurants, people are talking breeding. You have a cup of coffee in the morning, people are talking racing. And we're just so lucky to be here and showcase these beautiful horse farms, these majestic creatures um, to, to the world that's coming. And, and we'll expect exactly what you said, that the, we're going to cap attendance at 45,000 people this year to make sure it's a world-class, high-end experience for everybody. Um, but certainly we're going to see all sorts of people coming in from all, all over the world um, to determine who the best horses are. And how would people who aren't able to attend Breeders' Cup in person watch the race? I think about the Kentucky Derby and how there's an entire day of fanfare built around a one and a quarter mile race. You've got uh, a number of different races uh, taking place on this over this two day period. What what do you find is the way that people engage with the the event? Well, we're we're excited about the different experiences we offer from all price points. Um, we're, we're proud that we still offer general admission tickets, and, and they'll be on sale. We still have some limited availability on Friday at a $75 price point. But those, of course, go, go all the way up to an $1,800 price point, which would be a world-class fine dining experience. So there, there's something for everybody um, with different you know, price purchases. But, but I think, look, we've, we've all had a difficult two years with COVID and, and being inside. So it's, it's a really good excuse to dress up pour a cold glass of champagne, make a bet, and just watch these wonderful um, horses compete. And let's talk about that. You, you touched off onto it. COVID just shot everything to hell, and, and including horse racing. It is nice to see, first of all, horse racing coming back like many of the other sports out there uh, in what was a pretty dark time, and it was kind of uncertain. We didn't know what the heck was going to happen. How did you guys deal with it? Because... You know, it's it was a tough time for you, and and everybody took a hit monetarily. How did you guys do it and deal with it? Well, I I, I assumed the role of CEO uh, roughly two two months before COVID, so it's mm. kind of trial by fire. Um, but but I have a wonderful team, and uh, uh, unfortunately, we were we ran the 2020 Breeders Cup without fans. And we've got some of the greatest fans in the world that are so supportive. So we hated to not have them there. But of course, it was the right and safe decision to make. Um, But when we announced we wouldn't be having fans, we simultaneously said, we will come back to Keeneland as soon as we can and offer those fans similar seats. And and we did just that. And that's why we're in Keeneland just just two years later. But I think both Breeders' Cup and and the sport, sport as a whole has really done well and has come out of COVID stronger than ever. Um, last year, the Breeders' Cup saw record wagering at $202 million. Um, we also saw the uh, record international participation where we had 42 horses come in from, from outside the U.S. despite significant global tra- um, restrictions. And we're seeing that same momentum in, in this year where we have record ticket sales. But I think horse racing as a whole, it's also flourishing. Um, last year, uh, the U.S. wagered $12.3 billion in horse racing, which was an increase of 12% from the previous year and the highest since 2009. Purses were a record $1.2 billion, um, which, is the second, which, which, is, which is a record, and I think the second highest, again, was in 2006. And the horse sales are incredibly strong. We saw a $1.3 billion in public auction sales last year. But what we're seeing this year, Keeneland that just concluded their September sale, they had a record sale of $405 million, which is the highest in the history of the company. 
Fazek Tipton also had a record $67 million in, in their select sale in August. So the sales are soaring, um, wagering is, is booming, and, and we could not be more excited for the future. Well, Drew, you talk about all that, especially the wagering side of it, the sports betting side, and how that's changing you know, you know, the industry. But I bet you a lot of those wagers are going to be on Flightline. My goodness. I mean, I just want to hear your thoughts here. I mean, Flightline won that Pacific Classic by, what, 19 and a quarter lengths? I mean, many people are comparing him to Secretariat and that 31-length Belmont victory 50 years ago. I mean, how is Flightline's participation changing this year's Breeders' Cup? Well, I, I actually went and saw Flightline yesterday afternoon. He's he's on the grounds at Keeneland, and I mean, just just an amazing, amazing horse. Uh, and and I think the Classic is coming up to a fantastic race. Where I always like to tell people, Mark Twain famously said, "If it weren't for differences of opinion, we wouldn't have horse racing." <laughs> so. Uh, which is great, and I think it's going to be a great betting race where you have horses like Olympiad, Life is Good, amongst others, and I think they're going to give Flightline a test, but he is an amazing, amazing horse. I was out in Pacific Classic and watched him run, and you could not be more excited, and it's an honor to have him at the Breeders' Cup. And there's also a lot of interest in Flightline as well because West Point, which is one of the owners of the horses looking to sell a stake, how do you think uh, the race, the classic race, will affect the valuation of, of Flightline? Well, I, I think Flightline's really already proven himself. Um, if, if you look at the, the last five wins, I mean, just, just the margins are, are massive, and, and he's done such a fantastic job. Uh, and I think it's really great for the sport and exciting that um, I think 2.5% of, of Flightline's ownership will be auctioned off shortly after the Breeders' Cup and, and more appropriately at Keeneland. So I, I think the horse has a very high valuation. Um, will we'll go on to be a wonderful stallion if and when they decide to retire him from racing. And I, I think it's really cool for the sport. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Drew, you know, we talk about, you know, the money being waged, uh, sports gambling on horses. We talk about the purse and how that's been growing every year. But you know what we're not talking about is, you know, what the Breeders' Cup stands for, which is actually breeding horses, right? And I wonder if you could just help me and our audience better understand, you know, let's say Flightline were to win and just kill it this week. I mean, what can, you know, if you wanted to buy his seed, 
<laughs> if you follow me. What does that cost? I mean, I've heard some outrageous numbers that, you know, horse breeders are charging for that. And I just I just was wondering if you could shed some light on that for me. Why, Damien, what do you mean C? Go ahead. <laughs> I'll draw you a map. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, so the major stallion farms are starting to announce stud fees for um, the 2023 breeding season. And um, you can see, the, I think, uh, Tappet was just announced at $180,000 wow. a breed. Uh, and so, um, and, and, and I think that's part of the great part about this sport is you have these wonderful creatures and then their offspring go on to be amazing, amazing athletes. And there's a lot of time and patience into taking care of these horses. Um, it's definitely a labor of love. And we have many, many people in the sport to, to dedicate their life to the horse. And, and from, you know, from, from truly um, the beginning that those foals um, are on the ground in, in Kentucky all the way up to the Breeders' Cup. Well, before we get more into about horses having dinner in a movie, I want to talk about <laughs> more about the cost of owning and maintaining racehorses. So let's say, Good for question. instance, I want to be, I'm an investor and I've got my horse, Lightning Sloth. I said, this is it. <laughs> this, this horse is going to kill it. What is it going to take for me to maintain this horse, and how much will it cost? Well, so your main your main expense is going to be obviously the purchase of the horse, and then um, training bills. And training bills can run probably I don't know seventy to one hundred and ten dollars a day. Um, so it, it, it's not cheap, but I think one of the really cool things that's going on in racing is that it's it's also affordable for anybody through the syndicates and the micro shares that we're seeing. Um, NFL, for example, they've got 32 teams. All of those teams are trading well north of a billion dollars. Where in horse racing, yes, there's very expensive horses, but there's also horses that are affordable, especially when you can syndicate the racing partnership and divide the cost up amongst many owners. And, and I think companies like My Racehorse are out there where they're even doing micro shares at a couple hundred dollars a unit. So it, it's really cool where everybody can own a piece of a horse at an affordable level and experience what it's like to be you know, an, an owner of a sports team, so to speak. Lightning sloth coming around any- the corner at 2025. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any data on uh, who exactly is buying into these micro shares, how, how uh, spread out that is? I, I just wonder if younger generations are partaking in this. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're seeing at the races younger and younger people come out because a day at the races, I mean, it, it's fun. It, there's there's a lot of time to socialize, dress up, you know, have, again have a cold glass of champagne, make a bet, and um, I think what micro micro shares are doing is it, it's making it afford, affordable for you know, particularly younger demographics to to get involved. And you know, I, I urge everybody to give it a shot. I mean, it, it's a lot of fun. You know, everybody likes to put two dollars down, and you might return ten dollars or more. I mean, it, it's great. I, I, I was out of Keeneland last weekend, and a, a ten cent superfecta paid seventy two thousand dollars. So I mean, th- those payoffs aren't, aren't, don't happen often, but but it's pretty neat when they do. Well, it, you talk about that with the bet. Uh, my wife earlier this year, uh, it was one of the races in the Triple Crown, and she bets on this horse. And I'm like, okay, baby, here you go. She says, okay, I'm putting fifty dollars. I mean, it's the long shot. I mean, it is long, long, long shot. I'm like, all right, well, that's fifty dollars. We can kiss goodbye. She won over. $4,200 on the long shot. And, yeah. and it, Go I Mrs. Barr. Yeah, that was Mrs. Barr. I didn't see a dime of the money. It, <laughs> it was, you know, it was gone. But, you know, that's what the casual fan enjoys. 
you know, that moment where they put a little something on there and all of a sudden, bam, here it is. Well, now, of course, you know, that's that's one of those happy stories. Everybody else puts the $2 is like, well, time to go to the restaurant. <laughs> well, well, and, and I think to your point, with the rise of the legalization of sports betting in the U.S., it's a tremendous opportunity, a marketing opportunity for horse racing. And our product will be on the same bookshelf as the NFL or the NBA or the MLB. And it is, like you said, it's a really compelling product where you can bet a, a, you know, not a lot of money and win a lot. And we think it'll be a lot of fun and complement um, some of the other sports betting that's, that's going on right now. Drew, you have uh, educated us as usual. Drew Fleming, president and CEO of the Breeders' Cup Limited. By the way, the event is scheduled for November 4th and 5th at Keeneland Racecourse in Lexington, Kentucky. The horse capital of the world. And by the way, Lexington is a beautiful town because uh, we used to drive on I-75 heading to Tennessee every year. And as you're on I-75, you'll see it. Uh, Lexington, get off here. And it's just a beautiful place. Uh, And we salute you guys. And uh, thank you so much, Drew, for joining us right here on the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm looking forward to November 4th and 5th. This has been the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore some of the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. I'm at Scarlet Foo on Twitter. And I am at D Sassauer. Hey, you can get our podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, because we're an action-packed munch. And by the way, download this show wherever you get your podcasts. What could you do if your data was working for you? and not against you. With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.